It leaves me feeling a bit dry and decrepit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of uh, dates I've had recently. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> dry and decrepit. Yeah. Are um, we recording? Yeah. I think no. we are. Are we? There's a red button on. Okay. Am I, are we doing intros? Are we doing we intros? We probably should because mm. we've had a little bit of a break. Okay, I'm just going to improv. Okay. Yes and, Kim. Yes and. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. We Hi. are back. This is the How Not Podcast with me, Luca Manning. And me, Kim McCarry. And for those of you who have just joined us at this very beautifully opportune moment, we are here to let you know that we all possess an innate power to be gorgeous and good troublemakers in this world. And we are here because we're gobby <laughs> and because we're good troublemakers and we're back after a break how are you Kim? I'm good thank you um, although now all, all that's in my head is dry and decrepit so that's confusing me <laughs> we may keep that in for reference or we may just <laughs> reference just it in a later there, episode yeah. um, I feel like I didn't get to the bottom just before we hit record you produced a monogrammed notebook a notebook <gasps> with your name yes. embossed in it mm. so where did that come from? Have you got your own stationary line? No. And now I'm thinking of, um, do you remember the Mighty Bush and <laughs> Howard Moon had a stationary village? Yeah. I'm thinking, oh God, I always pictured myself as more of an old fielding, but hey, oh. Well. Um, you kind of, oh, Vince Noir. Oh, I fancied the shit out of Vince did Noir. Did you? Yeah. I think Vince Noir might have turned me as a kid, you know. Turned me? I mean, not that it's a choice, but hey. Anyway, affirmed <laughs> me. Affirmed me. Yeah, contra- I'm going to be cancelled <laughs> yeah. on a returning episode for saying that I was turned queer. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> scrap that. Kidding on, we don't actually edit anything. Nobody has time that works at this podcast to no. dare edit anything. So no, it's no, a no. one take wonder, sweetie. Yeah. Um, monogrammed notebook. Yeah. Um, so I used to work at a coffee shop called Pavilion, um, which I did enjoy very much. Uh, I then unionised, got everyone away, dries and left. Nice. Um, classic move. And classic move. Uh, mic drop. Um, but someone I met who worked at Pavilion, who's a bit of a wreckhead, he won't mind me saying that. Okay. Um, gorgeous little wreckhead called Oliver. Um, one day he decided he'd get his shit together and went to Moleskin and got himself a hologrammed notebook. And I hologram. Do you mean that word? <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think of like Star Wars. Oh my God, the like the new Avatar. Yes. <laughs> He got his shit together. If you open this <laughs> book, hologram I will come out yeah. singing Priscilla, wow, Queen of the Desert. Wow, it's even better than I thought it was. Oh, um, my God. No, I won't. Um, what did you call it again? Well, I call it monogrammed, and then now I've started panicking I'm that that's just initials. I'm just going to engraved. Sure. Engraved. Sh- yeah, let's go with that. Um, and I thought that was very sexy, and the sign of someone that has their shit together, clearly, after the last eight minutes of this recording, I am not one of these people. <laughs> um, but one day... I walked also all the way to the one in Covent Garden, not realising that there's one in, like, Spitalfields or something, right. um, to get myself a notebook and a written diary. Because I also think if you have a written diary, you're someone that has your shit together. Yeah. Um, the written diary stopped on, like, the 6th of January this year sure. um, and is gathering dust, but looks very pretty with my name on it. And here is the notebook, which yeah. I really enjoy writing in. Yeah. Um, I love a notebook. Yeah. As you do as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love um, a notebook. Yeah, so that that is the story of the hologrammed <laughs> notebook. Oh, yours is also hologrammed. Yeah, mine's hologrammed with uh, dingbats. Dingbat. On it. So, so that's you. Similar. Dingbat similar. and look. And on the front is an elephant. So I've come off really well. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting that there's an elephant image, but dingbat written. Yeah, I don't know. Not very good. I don't Cohesive know branding there, is it? what the definition of dingbat is. I know it was a game and I know it's what my dad calls people that are idiots. Is it a Scottish thing? Maybe. D- dingbat. I don't know. Do you know the other thing I was thinking of is, oh, maybe we'll get onto this later, but I was thinking about the word, the phrase, do you say ski with or skew with? Skew. Skew with. Yeah. Why the fuck have I said ski with all my life? <laughs> ski with. Is that what, you, is that what your family says? I think that's what my mum says. Sure. Well, I mean, Do it's you know a variation, what? We're obviously. queering yes. the phrase yeah. ski with. Ski It's always That's been ski with in my head, and I because I was writing a poem because this week I'm just I'm just gonna go with the story now. Is that okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So this week on Tuesday, I went to an amazing chat with a poet, Joelle Taylor, mm-hmm. who's fucking incredible. 
wrote this book poetry collection called Cantos and Othered Poems um, and inspired by the, the word cantos which is was a great word for like um, a series of like short poems yeah. that yeah yeah so um, Joelle responded with, with their series of that cantos delicious um, depicting dyke culture and mm-hmm. it was really part of that old rebel dyke scene in the 80s and whatever so there was a chat with Joelle and Kat Hudson who is like a um, artist and curator and worked a lot on that Rebel Dykes film and exhibition and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really beautiful chat. It was part of a series of events called Their Stories that's been put on by the Chateau, which is an incredible kind of like community arts, nightlife, um, queer organisation. Nice. And yeah, they, it was like the standard okay. King's Cross, Vera Porsche, Vera Porsche. It was kind of weird to have all these like rebel dykes like (laughs) in amongst the standard but it was also kind of fun um but it was something joelle said that inspired me um they were like you know there's real power in being invisible Mm. and they were like i'm proudly counterculture you know Mm -hmm. like um it was amazing like thinking about how much power there is in in being written off and and yes and art and just archiving your own narrative and your own experience and, liberation and yeah and like like that DIY movement which mm-hmm. actually really feeds into what we're talking about today. But I was thinking about how we're what we're talking about today really feeds off of that whole Rebel Dykes scene and that yeah. movement. And um, you know, Joel was like, "I'm queer, like I'm a, I'm a picture that that's been hung a bit," and I was like, "Ah." So then I wrote this poem that oh, I can't even find my phone. Um, and and I was thinking about that, like ownership and, and owning your own narrative and being like, you know, we're about to head into Pride Month and I can feel the the fucking HSBC Pride float coming towards me in my nightmares, yes. waking up in night sweats. Yep. Um, and I was thinking about that kind of like, you know, I am a picture that's hung a bit ski with, ski um, and owning that and yes. being like, yeah, I love that. So that's my whole... Thing. I don't know how the fuck we ended up there. It was good. I liked it. It was a good journey. There we go. So, what are we talking about today? Well, it's very exciting. Mm. Um, we've been batting round. So, we've had some time off, haven't we? Yeah, we've had... Uh, we've had we, life has been... A sojourn. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a sabbatical. We have. Of seven months, maybe? That's all right. Is it, is it seven months? I don't know. Well, we did a little. We did a few archives. There was a little. Actually, yeah. shout out if you've listened to the archives. Um, that was really interesting for me. Actually, going back to these chats that were like in like lockdown and like right, really began this podcast journey yep. for us. Actually, yeah. Because yep. um, it was, I'd reached out to you to chat to do one of those little situations, and then you were like, "Fuck it, should we just start a podcast?" <laughs> and I was like, "Right, see you there." Okay. Um, so yeah, no, we've had a break. You know, life. I think it's something that's really important to talk about actually and what was that book you read recently um about doing sorry one of the six thousand you read this morning (laughs) um like about productivity and not being defined by it yeah it's a great book called i didn't do the thing today i didn't do the thing today and like it's really important i think for us like we are we always have to remind each other when one of us is having a bit of a a time to be like we do this for us, I mean, it's yeah. highly indulgent. It's to us chatting shit to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no one's breathing down our necks to make it on nope. time or whatever, and we do it because we love it. And 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 we are we are busy bitches. We are yep. both of us spin a lot of plates, and yep. um, we want to make time for this, but inevitably things happen and life happens, and there will be times where we need to take breaks, and that's okay. So yeah, um, and I think because yeah. when you set up, when you decide on how regular something's gonna you're going to do something that can really quickly become a little bit of a prison yeah. that you can't get out of. And the, so, But as it turns out, the world doesn't stop spinning. You, do you want to... I don't know what to do with this tea bag. No, Would it be really bag. offensive if I put it on the table? I just feel like there's a lot of wires that might... <gasps> there's some toilet roll over there. Um, keep going, Kim. Yeah, that sure. was a great All right. advice. I'll just... I'll just uh, I'll, yeah, so... Um, it turns out nothing bad happens when you don't do something at the regularity that you said you would do and no one I mean a lot of bad shit has happened 
years. There's actually no evidence. We to would back like up to money. claim responsibility for everything that has happened. The sh- the cost yeah. of living crisis, so the Ukraine sorry. war. We dropped the um, ball. Yeah, we we fucked it by yeah, yeah. taking time off. The police and crime bill <laughs> sailed through Parliament because how not? We stopped. We t- we took we, our eyes off it for five minutes. No, but actually, minutes. listeners, we have not taken our eyes off because we have been fucking doing the most as always in our own lives like yeah. you know like um in fact i don't know if we even announced on the podcast the work that you've been doing with the prisoner solidarity network since that episode that we did and um just i feel like we're always in our lives and oh, let's also celebrate the incredible bit of work that you did at the start of this year the exhibition oh yeah that Talk feels like a million that, hours ago a million no probably more than a million hours ago um yeah so i did uh an exhibition uh, it was like a collaborative thing with a group of artists in Myanmar um, to kind of highlight well the fact that there was a military coup in Myanmar Myanmar has had an incredibly uh, conflict ridden recent history but there was the most recent military coup was in February last year and there's a really interesting brave network of artists that continue to work even though the work that they do of creating art and of protesting is very illegal in Myanmar. Um, called Noise in Yangon. It was a collaboration with them. There's a, a organisation called Phantom Limb that kind of connected everyone together. And then people... It was pretty cross-discipline. There were some sculptures. There was some um, field like sound installations. Um, I did some drawings. Um, and... That sh- that showed in a an exhibition in Southampton, and then there will be some performances later in the year, I think, like collaborative performances. Were your drawings also graphic scores, or yes, they were. They yeah, were, they'll right? be what is what's used to make something yeah. happen. And there was a really beautiful element to the pieces that you made because they were in three languages, right? You yeah. didn't want anyone to have an upper hand purely because they were. Yeah. So I don't. Speaking. I don't think that there are many people, maybe not any, that can fluently speak Gaelic and English and Burmese. Prove me wrong. Listen, email in if Prove you DM us. Because if you do, you've got a gig. Um, so the point was that no one could look at the score and feel like they had the whole picture. Yeah. Um, so you could... Because there's such a dominance of Western influence, yeah. English language. Even in the arts, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And I think it's really easy... To, you you got to tread that line when you're working when you're in that activist space as a white westerner of like the white savior thing. Yeah. You're like, don't worry, everyone, we'll sort out your and thing. And we'll sort out on our terms. Yeah, it's exactly. like, no, how about <laughs> exactly. we stop? I, I don't know if you've been around for like you know pre, during, and post colonial. Yeah, world, exactly. but like I don't think our ways are working no. so let's maybe learn from other maybe. Co- it's like the climate crisis like what the fuck like we could learn so much from indigenous culture mm-hmm. and like western culture has fucked us Just and got us everything. here yeah. like capitalism has fucked us so how about we all shut our big gobs yeah. and listen to people who are literally guarding the sacred spaces in the world that we need exactly. and have done for a million years so that was really nice and so the reason we took a break is because my father-in-law very suddenly died at the end of October last year, and that has been hasn't been great. No, um, but that piece of work was already in the diary, as these things often are, and it was actually a really nice um, way to kind of immerse yourself in something else and something much bigger than yourself. Mm. Like, let's look at this massive thing in the world and what your little part of it so that was a really lovely piece of work and i'm looking forward to some coming back into it in a few months um and we've been on some nice little trips haven't we we have yeah it's not like we didn't see each other for some months don't worry everyone um we've been on some lovely trips um we went to francis bacon we went to francis bacon which was an absolute delight um yeah really really gorgeous in fact i did my first life drawing class like on friday did you yeah run by a really cool artist called adam frost who's Mm -hmm. an amazing um, artist and designer and performer at the London LGBT Centre down mm-hmm. at the Tate. Um, go and check it out. It's amazing. Like, nice. um, they're funded, so like you can just go there and grab a cup of tea and read some books, and you don't have to like spend loads of money or anything. Mm-hmm. It's our space, and you can just go and enjoy it. So that was great. And they do events every day. They wow. have something on every day. Um, so there's life drawing there, which was amazing. Um, but it was cute because some of the references. We at one point we were doing like 
30 second um, rounds and, and Adam wanted us to like draw over what we'd done or like mm-hmm. beside you so it was almost kind of referencing those Bacon-esque kind of like uh, you know where the figures kind of evolving through yeah. the page and mm-hmm. it really took me back to that exhibition actually and how beautiful it was yeah it um, was something definitely then we went to Daniel Lesmore yeah we went to Coventry very windy day in um, Coventry yeah Storm Eunice didn't stop us from <laughs> no, going to didn't. to see some very camp very chic and that was incredible that was you said that was one of the best curated it was in, it was curated in such a beautiful way like really thoughtfully put together like the way that they used like colour of walls mm. and ceiling yeah, and it was floor immersive. in the room um, and and mirrors and, and mirrors. sound yeah yeah the during whole f- that like whole like Chinese mm. army Yes, yes. And actually, there was so much stuff. There was a lot of rooms in that. It was a huge exhibition, actually. But but it didn't feel. No, because there was just. Yeah, it was walking through it. The sort of visitor experience was really amazing. And it was nice to see because it was. Yeah, it wasn't in a big, um, like, exhibition space in London. It was in a museum in Coventry. Yeah. You there were like families and there. It was free. There were young, yeah, it was so free. Important. The only rules you had to wear little shoe <laughs> shoe condoms, which is a theme of when you asked me to go to things because we had to wear them when we went to an exhibition uh, at one eighty the Strand as well. Shit, so we did. <laughs> Everywhere I go, and they were both things that I'd suggested. Oh god! Yeah. So if you were happy putting them on your feet, you'd come in. I seem to be an advocate for the old yes, shoe condom. Yes, you do. But it was nice to see, like, yeah, people that you wouldn't necessarily expect Families to see that in just wandered in, and, spaces, and then yeah. who maybe didn't know Daniel's work and seeing that. I yeah. mean, it's such a an experience to see that work up close and. And yeah, if you if you don't know, like just Google, it's going on tour, isn't it? Google Daniel Lismore. I'm th- pretty sure the exhibition's going on tour. I, d- I don't know where if there's it, I don't know if there are any other places in England, but I feel like it's something you could go back to oh, a lot of times. You could go back to one of those outfits yes, yeah, and exactly. find things. They're so like, oh, dense. there's a there's a crow yeah. hidden underneath <laughs> that third dress there. Yeah, so that was an absolute delight. And then most recently we went to Margate. Gorgeous. Lovely Margate to see Tracy Evans' um, exhibition at the Friedman Gallery, which was really spectacular. Gorgeous. Yeah. Like, and again, nice to see it in a small gallery, only a few rooms, tucked out the way. Again, like, folk had just wandered in and... Yep. I mean, I think, like, if you live in Margate, you probably know about Tracy Evans or whatever, but, like, you know, it's just nice to think that we travelled out of London to see that. Yeah. But, like, for, it was just nice for it to be that way around, that rather way around. than, like, folk coming to London. See exactly. And it did, like, I, the other day I went to Tate Britain to see a Walter Sickert exhibition, and it really sort of highlighted so clearly that the architecture and the context of these exhibitions is so important. Like, mm. Tate Britain is not Accessible. a welcoming space. Yeah. And I Neither know the that... RA. No, the aria isn't like, either. You feel like a bougie bitch. And like, you feel like someone's going to say, fun, you're not like, allowed to be here. Yeah, right? no, I totally feel that. And I know that, you know, Maria Balshaw, who is director of the Tate, I know that it's a real kind of passion of hers to look at how you make, like, particularly spaces like Tate Britain more accessible. Because, of course, Tate Modern, very different story, yeah. like a far more kind of welcoming space that you can exist in. But, yeah, there were. it just felt like... Well, from everything, from just this sort of... It's quite an oppressive atmosphere. You feel like you can't speak or raise your voice or... um, And I don't know if there was some kind of, like, coach trip or something, but there was some kind of intense old lady club that were there. Oh, God. And I thought, actually, at one point, I thought someone was standing waiting to talk to me. But it was so it was just looming behind me, watching, looking at this painting, and I was like, "Oh, could we just all calm down, please? Like, just give me my space." And it did make me really, like, further appreciate things like the Emin exhibition yeah. or the Daniel Esmore thing. Yeah, like comparatively, even like you're just like, "Wow, we're lucky that we." Yeah, because it, it requires a real confidence in yourself. And it shouldn't, but it does. Yeah, to, to put yourself in that space exist and in hold that, space that space and be yeah. like, no, this yeah. is my experience and I'm going to behave how I want to behave. 
I um, think that's social life. Yeah, yeah. Like for a lo- for anyone that's in any way marginalised or a, a misfit or othered. Yep. Um, the strength it takes to just hold space mm-hmm. in somewhere that you don't feel welcome. Yep. Um, is why we we lose out on so much potential. Definitely. In the world. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that leads us beautifully on to our discussion go. topic. So yeah, yeah, maybe you should introduce what we're talking about because you you picked it. Yeah. So. And actually, it was it's ten years since the big wow stushy, the okay. big stramash, the big ski whiff incident. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about pussy riot. Mm, pussy riot. If someone had has never heard of them before, how would you describe pussy riot? Uh, I'd probably my easiest way in is like referencing. Is like being like Riot Girl, um, Bikini Kill, like punk, uh, Gorilla Girls, yep. um, Rebel Dykes. Like I was that they were really all the references that were like pinging up for me. Yeah, like, it, it's that, but very, um, it's they are kind of activism and art and and Russian descent personified. Aren't yeah, they? they've kind of become the poster girls for like resistance Have. in in Putin's Russia. Yes. Um, is kind of my overview. And I think it's it's frankly it's pretty depressing actually that ten years on It's it's worse. It's worse than it yeah. was then. And and in a way, oh we'll get onto this later, but I think something that we can touch on later that left me thinking and worrying was how what what becomes of Pussy Riot now mm-hmm. in the current state of affairs. Mm-hmm. Um a couple of them have, have fled Russia now and, yep. and, and that's a really hard thing. It's what we were talking about as well in terms of like how much of yourself do you like give to a fight mm-hmm. or... And when do you walk away? Yeah. Um, and are you ever walking away? Yeah. Just because yep. you're not physically in a space. You know, yep. it's, oh, it's the whole thing we can get I think that. They, but actually, and, and the more like I was kind of thinking about recording this, the more I think it is actually a perfect example of so much, so many things like protest art um kind of political dissidents but also the the kind of lifespan of a movement, a movement. which is like yeah. a firework display yeah. it's there and then it's gone yeah um, which yeah because a lot of a few of them came from other collectives that had been doing similar things but right. nowhere near the traction like what and what's hilarious is i was watching this video this morning that was kind of analyzing it was looking spe- specifically at the the punk prayer mm-hmm. um, activist uh, activism, so that was a a bit a protest that a, a sort of act that they staged within the biggest Orthodox church in in Russia, um, where they, you know, prayed to the the Virgin Mary to I don't know what was it like to to remove Putin or like yeah. I can't remember what the exact words were yeah um, but it was a, a big big action that they held really really controversial at the time and it was funny because the American reporting of course it was fucking Americans jumping on trying to seem like these yep. well oiled lefties sure um, saying they, they were kind of painting this narrative of they were fascinated that these in inverted commas well educated women mm-hmm. were using punk yeah. and obscenity as a method of of yep activism when they could very much hold their own as academics or mm-hmm. um intellectuals mm-hmm. in a space and i think this is also an incredibly important point yes it is and sort so of riddled with like that's such a loaded it's so classist it's yeah. so bullshit but also it was so nice to hear them come back because they were interviewed and like a few of them um katia i think it was was like well, we absolutely choose that. That is our language. That it's, is the it's choice. It's a very yeah. deliberate yes. choice. Yes. And it's because it's because of so many things. It's like it's accessibility. It also builds on the politics and on a culture that has been born in uprising, and it speaks to so many other. That's why automatically I was pinging off all those other references. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of their earliest actions was just blasting an angelic upstarts tune. So not even a tune of theirs, mm-hmm. like referencing seventies punk there, and like it got me thinking about like even. Like bands like the Gossip, like Beth Ditto was mm-hmm. so inspired by that Riot Girl thing and mm-hmm. Bikini Kill and like and then as I was saying with Joel Taylor earlier and people like Fish that still exist in London and and Skin from Skunk and Nancy like with the whole like Rebel Dyke scene and mm-hmm. like 
um, feminist culture and and the way you you like your your working class identity and your political identity and your othered identity, whatever that might be, it's it's really like inter- intersectionality in action before yeah. we even penned that phrase. So while yeah. you know academics can sit in their lecture halls and and ponder the next addition to the Oxford Dictionary, people are out there doing the thing and yes. connecting with folk and yes. mobilising communities and that's really powerful, um, especially in such a physical way when we're talking about like the right to protest, etc. and hold space. Exactly, yeah. Because I think, so the, if you looking at the sort of context, because that was where the rest of the world really grabbed onto. Yeah, so right. we, like that, 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 action in yeah. itself was a big one because the subsequently a few weeks after they did it it was and bear in mind it was about 40 seconds yeah i think it was a, in total 51 seconds before the, it was stopped so, so what, they interrupted a, a a mass right so yeah so the the russian orthodox church um the, you know um, not massively fond of kind of equality um, or right girl feminism. Oh, sure. Or a lot of things. Um, so, there, and I like a lot of religious buildings. There's certain parts of the religious buildings that are not accessible to women. Um, so, you, if you are involved in um, the Russian Orthodox Church, women can't be um, leaders. Um, and so, the, the kind of altar where the, the, the sermons are. are Delivered. Delivered um, is a very exclusive space, which is why they chose to, to dance say, no, thank you. Yeah. We will not do that. So they took their their equipment and their instruments and they did a very short performance. They didn't they even, were, it wasn't even live, though. They were, they were just lip syncing, I think. Yeah. To, they just blasted it. Yeah, yeah. Speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the church officials kind of shut it down. And then a few weeks later, because uh, bear in mind, so they are, they're anonymized and but I think this balaclavas. Is, yeah, so they are in balaclavas. So also, it's important to say. I think it seems obvious, but like the the Russian Orthodox Church is hugely inf- influential in terms of the government, and and so this is that was why they were kind of yeah, protesting because and, and why Putin was brought into the lyrics of the song. And yes, you know, it's, it's it, like for example the 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 patriarch um, of the the cathedral. Described Putin as a miracle from God. Yeah, and the, targeted this. The Orthodox Church is, was very like outspoken in its support of Putin mm. and encouraged the congregation not to take part in any protests or yeah. any rallies. So, uh, the, what they were, what well, they were protesting a lot of things at once. But one was about this very dangerous mixture of church and state. Yeah. Um, and so, two thousand twelve is was an election year in Russia. So the. Russian Orthodox Church was coming out in that kind of election build-up period, in, in kind of you know this is this is our guy. Um, so then, if, and and obviously subsequently, Putin did win his third term. Um, yeah, so a few weeks later, some three people were arrested. So and this is kind of and I think like Guerrilla Girls and a, and a lot of other artists who use. Either pseudonyms or anonymity. Um, part it's it's quite tricky because the reason they picked the people to arrest was because of speculation yeah. about who they were because you you couldn't tell because they were all wearing balaclavas. Um, and there's a you know the group is maybe you know ten to fifteen people and like a lot of these groups the membership changes and shifts. Yeah. But three people were targeted and arrested for. Hooliganism, which does it they couldn't even find a law to begin with. No, because actually all they'd done was get up on this altar and have a dance, mm-hmm. and not even all of them had done that for, yes. for forty seconds, and then being forcibly removed. So, to actually find a law to try and arrest these people was took quite difficult. It. it took some. Do- they, yeah. they had to really put some effort into it. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, they arrested, and I think this is part of the problem is that the and I'm sure that I don't think anything in Russia is ever done without political motivation. Mm. But by outing them, essentially by naming them, you're it's automatically you you putting well, a target you, on them. Yeah, right? you're yeah. endangering them incredibly. Uh, and I'm sure that they what they're 
I'm sure there are lists of people that they keep tabs on, mm. and that, and I think it's a case of how can we take down the people on this list and then thank the Lord. Right, we're able to take down three of the people from the list because they did this, or some people did this. So they were all, three of them arrested, all held, denied bail. They, they Two of them had very young kids. Yeah, life's totally changed. You Sent know, to labour camps. So, yeah, like, and so and held without trial for quite a few months. And it was that that whole thing there where the Western world kind of stood up and took notice of it. Yeah, fucking Madonna, like everyone. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> Everyone's like, in. yeah, Pussy Riot. Like, and I know. do, I think that like, yeah, because one of the things I noted down was like, why, why did the rest of the world grab onto it at that point? And not the artists you've just worked with in Myanmar. Yeah, know, or, like, or exactly, or, or you know, like, for example, like Amnesty International, designated the three of them prisoners of conscience and mm. if you go and look online you'll see a big list of all the people in the world that have been designated that i don't think madonna was contacting any of the other right, ones right i don't exactly. think any of anyone else was knitting hats about the rest of them right so the question is about like what was it that like caught the it attention was the art. yeah it was the brand it was the it was the four balaclavas on the altar being punk as fuck, mm-hmm. being obscene, and that is what they—that is deliberate for yeah. them. That they, yeah. they they know how to to work that, and that's the language they've chosen. And yeah, yeah, it's very strong imagery. Like very, very strong. Imagery, I mean, I was yeah. looking at their art. Actually, I was like looking because it's actually really important. I think we could sit here for hours and talk about the ins and outs of like the mistreatment of these individuals and in Putin's Russia and the fact and how fucked it is that you can't even protest or whatever. No. But actually looking at pussy right is like is like artists is incredible like i was watching a video they'd made today because they have all, loads of music videos on youtube and yeah. like, they make these beautiful like pieces of art these films and um was watching this tune called sexist the music video for it and it's so good it's like set in this like destroyed church with like pride flags and graffiti sprayed over like um these um figures that have been like knocked over and crashed and there's like the, you know the performers surrounded by these men who are like putting their hand over her mouth but then it cuts to like this other singer who's like a dominatrix and she's like um dominating all the men and they have like pig snouts on and then there's like lyrics about like you'll regret ever touching me i killed a dickhead i killed a sexist i'm not angry because he's a rapist um, my heel got stuck in your throat I'm so sorry like it's just <laughs> it's so iconic and like it was so well done and it was literally like it was like as like the creative direction was like a modern like FK Twigs video mm-hmm. like it was so good like the imagery and the track and it was like a bop and I was like it's interesting because they don't have the same they remain very underground and they remain known for being prisoners of conscience but actually look at their art and it stands up for itself like they're doing some real radical important shit in terms of making art in terms of the music world and everything so it's important to celebrate that as well definitely and i think it's that sort of double-edged sword i suppose that renown and and sort of uh coverage brings it's not you know as activists it's sort of one of the main goals but it's not without its catastrophic disadvantages i think like and more cynically i think the the western world are always looking for a chance to undermine Russia in a because they're not choosing to like do anything uh, more but like this this kind of jabbing and jibing yeah. which is why I think the UK and you know it's like Hillary Clinton came out and said oh look at them they're smashing it's like well I, yes I'm sure you were delighted that there was something you could point to and say oh my goodness the mistreatment of these women this is terrible I mean look now part of the problem was that protest is illegal in Russia and it's now illegal in this country too. This is so true. We've gone so full circle and and what you're saying is so prevalent in the treatment of the Ukraine war as well. Mm-hmm. Like the West rallying against Russia like you know for the war Homes for refugees. Then, We've yeah, never done that before, have exactly. we? Exactly. We're fucking putting them on planes to Rwanda. Yeah. Like I'm it's absolutely yeah. like hilariously um, it's very transparent, f- isn't it? Farcical, like, yeah. and hi- hypocritical. Like, the the way we treat these, you know, like, 
prisoners of conscience yeah as long as they're fucking white like mm-hmm. you know refugees as long as they're white like people fleeing war like it's all point scoring isn't it uh-huh. it's like people like yes we and, win and a you point think there. They're, they're doing it more for, so for the point scoring against Russia and against yes. In inverted corners, communism. Right, exactly. Than they are about the people that. Oh, the, the people the, the are. Of what's going are on. Are by right? the by, it does the it, the people don't really matter. And that's what's really frustrating because you want like, ultimately we're on a similar side of the table, um, you know we I was horrified with the war in Ukraine and horrified by the treatment of the the pussy right girls and and absolutely that like, I wouldn't last a minute in Putin's Russia. I, d- I don't ever want to travel to Russia and, yeah. and would be really scared. Um, but equally, I'm not sitting with Boris like and, and Biden <laughs> round the table like exactly. going, how are we going to defeat this yeah. Putin? You know, I, it's like, you know, it's just men and big buttons, isn't it? And, and yeah. it's really interesting to think about that, I think, as well. as like what Putin represents and what Pussy Right represent mm-hmm. in terms of like societal and cultural Definitely. Like, roles. I was, I'm reading a book at the moment called Putin's People, which looks at the sort of rise of kind of what happened to the KGB after the Soviet Union fell right. and what then subsequently led to Putin mm. and his people being in charge. And and there's a massive, massive um like there's a there's a dis, there's a decision made that this kind of like it's really power misinformation is really powerful. They knew that this thing about kind of obscuring the truth and not making things particularly clear and not ever being able to like grab on to factual information is a really big advantage for them um, to be able to, for the rest of the world to be on the back foot, I guess. But also something that really seems to drive Putin is um, he doesn't like to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And one of the other so, and this is one actually one of one of Pussy Wright said, I actually don't think it was anything about the church. The church was the reason that they could get us, but it was yeah, because was of the like the the song called Putin's Pistol's Pants. It was saving face, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that's what I was saying about what he represents. He represents ultimate bravado, masculinity, m- yeah. machoism. M- m- how do you say that word? Machismo. Machismo. Yeah, that's it. Banging word. And like um, bullying. And bullying and. Yeah, that real, uh, like blind authority, ignorant, power hungry, um, like very entitlement, yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, and then pussy right are like defiance, resilience, like like real kind of grassroots. Which is like, why people think they're so dangerous. Exactly, this the real scary. Like, who the fuck are these people, and what are they doing? Because they are messing with the system. They're the people that that are saying the emperor doesn't have any clothes on, yeah. and that's they're the really dangerous people. Like we've said time and time again, it's why regimes come down so yeah. hard on people like this because they represent this the reality, which is individuals are incredibly powerful, yeah. and that you can you you can as soon as you start questioning that you are target number one right and and it's almost like silly the if it wasn't so like horrifying that he that putin was so sort of obsessed with this because they were like embarrassing him yeah they were literally singing putin's pissed his pants yeah yeah and like that was the thing that really he was like no this cannot stand we've got to like take them down and unfortunately when you are the president of russia that means very terrible things for the people that are not on yeah, your the, best friend list. Women that dance on an altar for forty-one seconds have not been able to bring up their children, have not seen their children, yeah, and they've been held in these horrific conditions and yeah. labour camps. You know that's changed their life irreversibly. Yeah, but they have also chosen to give their life to that fight, and in a very that is why we're so fearful of them because they are not messing around. These girls, like they, and they, they won't know be scared. the weight of what they're doing. Yes, because ultimately, I, I mean, I, I don't know, but yeah, when I think of people that fight like that, it's like you, your reality must be so bleak that you're willing to, you know, your reality actually is 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 outweighed by the possibility of of the risk of taking of a possible new norm. You yeah. Know? You don't you don't care about your reality because it's so shit. So and when you rule with force, people who aren't afraid of punishment are terrifying. Yeah, because, because they won't stop have? at nothing. Yeah. What do you have yeah, 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 yeah. And I think, and I guess partly, like I was looking through the like the court transcripts and stuff, and I think partly, I think because the whole world has been watching the Amber Heard Johnny Depp mm. trial, I think we're very well versed with this sort of 
the court proceedings now. Um, but yeah, there's some absolutely incredible like court transcripts here because they got quite a lot of people. The prosecution brought in essentially everyone who witnessed this forty mm-hmm. second performance. So they they brought in this candle seller, and um, she says that she tried to follow them as they went for the altar, but she was stopped in her tracks by God. Incredible. What? Um, this was when the women dropped their knapsacks and began to engage in the devil's twitchings. Ah! A, wom- a woman is forbidden to be on the Celeus, the candle seller explained, unless she is being married and she's standing right next to her husband. Um, she said she was scared the women would enter the altar or get naked. <laughs> she continues, they had dresses that bared their shoulders and were very bright in colour and very contrasting. They had hats of different colours too. God forbid. Their tights were different colours. This what she doesn't she's terrified of blocking. There this was blasphemy, sacrilege, and an insult to my feelings and my faith and my ideals and a defilement of my personage and my life choice. The pain has not laid up. I think that yeah. could be this just could be a fashion hurt. column in Vogue or <laughs> yeah, something. Exactly. Like those <laughs> patterns were clashing so hard. This has been a defilement <laughs> of my life, <laughs> my choices, my <laughs> beliefs. Also, if I'd known that I could get closer to the devil's twitching by simply wearing some bright colours, I oh, wouldn't have mate. worn black trousers exactly. today. I would exactly. have been neon fucking yellow. And so the, the lawyer asks, did you seek psychological or psychiatric help for your suffering? And the candle seller says, I'm an orthodox believer. The healing energy of the Holy Ghost is a million times stronger than any psychologist. Jesus and the Christ. lawyer says, did the healing energy of the Holy Ghost uh, revive you and relieve your moral suffering then and she said oh no then the judge cuts in and says you're not allowed to ask that question um and then they ask is feminist a swear word and the witness says it is if it's said in church and again it would be hilarious if it wasn't so incredibly serious and so um then they, they bring in another person this was one of the altar wardens that like stopped them um, and he says um, people who are possessed can exhibit many different behaviours they can scream, beat their heads against the floor jump up and down um, and the lawyer asks do they dance and the witness says mm, no and the judge cuts in again stop questioning him about those who are possessed he's not a medical professional he's not qualified to render a diagnosis because of course the judge is I would say not unbiased in this setup. Um, mm. So then they're asked. Um, he he grabs one of the uh, women, and then they break free, and the judge. And then it says she begins crossing herself. And the judge asks, "Does she cross herself the way that all the citizens do?" And the witness says, "I don't remember exactly, but in essence, it was a parody of crossing herself. It was satire. People should cross themselves with piety and without rushing." She crossed herself kind of rapidly. It was not the sort of cross with which Orthodox Christians should bless themselves. I didn't even watch the clip. The clip was played in the trial because it was filthy. (laughs) But I noticed something. I used to sing in a choir and I noticed that their song resembled church music. In other words, this was a parody of a church service. And this is consulting. It was the melody to what? Ave Maria or something, wasn't it? It was the melody, yeah. But and and it's incredible. And actually, one of the defence lawyers, um, uh, in the summing up, says like, "Let's really recap on the crimes. The yeah. crimes were singing, bright colours, crossing, colourful tights, rapid crossing of yourself, <laughs> dancing as if possessed, and defiling people's life choices." Apparently, and it's fucking sad, Kim, isn't it? Because like we're giggling, but like. These people, like, there's a very strong image. They they were sealed off in a glass box. Mm-hmm. You know, the defendants, mm-hmm. like, literally, like, bloody animals. Hannibal Lecter, like, they were uh-huh. going to eat your face uh, yeah, to go like, out. You know, it was, like, quarantined yep. behaviour. Yeah. And then sent off to these... I mean, they went down for fucking... Yep. I mean, it's, it, like, for nothing. Yeah. And, and we know, like, the prison system, we talk about it all the time, how the dreadful impact that can have on someone's life, the carelessness of the criminal justice system, the real just the awful impact of going to prison, etc. Never mind in these fucking like Russian labour camps and exactly. like basically your name being ever you're you've become a victim for the rest of your life to to 
the Kremlin and, That's and right. its supporters. You'll like, never be able to like stop live. looking over your shoulder, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you, you're fucked. a marked person. It's yeah. fucked. And another thing that the lawyer said when she summed up was that it's... And she's kind of flippant about it. And I think... And, and we've we've constantly talked about people who have referenced the same thing. You have to use humour and wit in mm. these things to really highlight absurdity. She said, you know, it's it's quite surprising that uh, the Orthodox religion has been built over um, centuries and is able to be destroyed with a 40-second dance routine and right. a balaclava. Right. Um, it shows how fickle it really is. Yeah, and, uh, but it, and it is. And obviously, like, these... Well, there's a lot of problems with any kind of trial, but it was like a sham trial. There was there was no way that it was going to go any other way than the way that it did go. And actually, yeah. one of the three yeah, of them... Yeah, but the women were smiling as as they were sentenced. They yeah, fucking knew. They knew, they knew what yeah. was happening. And like one of the three of them actually ended up um, getting out because did, yeah, the, yeah. the lawyer said, well, actually, she never got as far as the altar. Yeah, she was, she, she, was stopped. she didn't dance on the altar. Yeah. That was the technicality. So she got out and another two were released and this is another interesting thing so the, this Putin announced this amnesty for like political prisoners uh, prisoners with young children um, and he said it was because it was like it marked a historic um, anniversary of kind of like modern Russia um, but it was by all intents and purposes to detract from we were doing the run-up to the Sochi Olympics mm. and it was a way to sort of try and curry favour with the Western world by having this amnesty. I think that was they got out like about a month before their sentence was up as well, so it wasn't, you know. Um, but again, it was like, how can we use this to our political advantage by sort of letting them out? And then they did, they went on, they did protest at the Olympic Games, yeah. didn't they? Um, and, and at the World Cup. And at the World Cup. Which was the one that I remember. Right. That was a f- final that I remember somewhere was humming in the background of whatever dreadful room <laughs> I found myself to be in. Yeah. Um, it was like Croatia and France or something. It was okay. And yeah, they ran on and invaded the pitch, didn't they? Yep. And they were beaten quite badly mm. by the, the security guards. And actually, that was taken to um, to like the European Court of Human Rights because yeah. the people who beat them weren't prosecuted. Um, but obviously that doesn't really matter. Um, and I think I think... Yeah, so there was this big, massive amount of like international discussion about it, wasn't there? Because actually, in Russia, public opinion was like, "Yeah, they should be put put mm-hmm. into prison." You know, no one was that bothered about it. This is again shows that this is just par for the course in Russia. Yep. This isn't exceptional. This just happens all the time. People are apathy is an incredibly powerful tool to control people. Um, but the Western world, you know, is going absolutely mental, and Bjork and Madonna are inviting them to come and do a gig yeah, and yeah, everyone's yeah. you know, Paul McCartney's like come on everyone, you know um, and then yeah there's a couple of other things they do the Olympics they do the World Cup but like a lot of um, these very intense activist groups their lifespan's quite short partly because when you out everyone people have no choice so like you were saying a few of them have just kept their head down just tried to forge an existence which is not wrought with fear um but also and i think it's another interesting thing is like the people who were involved in that group had some core common beliefs about like anti-authoritarianism about you know criticizing putin and his regime about kind of feminism and you know equal right lgbt issues but had lots of uh, disagreements as well. They, they came from big, quite a wide bit of the political spectrum, lots of different beliefs. So there was a lot of tension, as there always is in groups like this. A very high, highly emotive activity, being yeah. an activist. And the leading cause of people turning away from activism is burnout. Yeah. And it, a lot of energy is wasted on kind of infighting yeah. and kind of head-to-head kind of disagreements so I think when the three of them were kind of they were raised above the the rest of the group because their you know their names were kind of plastered everywhere that kind of exacerbated a lot of issues and then there was things like um yeah and initially they refused the invites to you know perform with like Bjork for example because they were like you know we're the only 
performances we're interested are illegal performances yeah. that's the whole point we're not going to play into the capitalist system of like selling tickets for gigs not doing it and then some of them did go on to let appear with yeah. Madonna so everyone else was like fuck's sake I thought we'd discuss this yeah and um, they did like Glastonbury a yeah, top a bus and you know like they've gone on to you know and it's similar to the Gorilla Girls and this is one of the critiques that some of the people were saying that some you know attacking certain individuals saying you don't have the right to use the pussy riot name people saying well actually an anonymous group anyone has the right to use the name and it means something you know uh, it means something different to every person and i think it is again that tension between uh courting fame i guess as a way to amplify a message and where where's that where does that become a little bit um malignant gestural mm, and about your own benefit and how do you kind of separate the two um and that because it was similar perhaps to perhaps the answer is like what you said it's movements like this they they burn bright and fast and they serve their purpose they and, do. and the, i mean the world has changed again now with yep. the ukraine war like putin has announced a hunt for national traitors the, the, there yep. is like i mean if you thought it was bad before it's like really bad now and i was reading up about um the girl who's just escaped i don't mm-hmm. know if you saw this so one of the pussy riot members um her name's lucy lucy stein mm-hmm. has managed to flee moscow in late march okay um and she was under house arrest mm-hmm. and people were supporters of the kremlin were like plastering her door with like traitor messages and all that for speaking out against the ukraine war um and she'd been under house arrest for some time for more than a year been wearing a tag 24 hours a day and she's managed to escape so now she's published her story in the Guardian New York Times um, escaped disguised as a courier how calm lovely stuff in a high-vis yellow um, situation Um, she managed to flee out of Russia and even left the disguise for her girlfriend to use like a month later to also escape so listen it's sustainable that's recycle reuse um so I mean quite amazing you know incredible um, so and, and she speaks really eloquently about this thing of like you know because we're saying well, well, what is the movement now what's the purpose and she was like I could no longer stay because I'm being silenced I'm mm-hmm. just totally being silenced because it was so important and integral for those girls to remain in Russia and mm-hmm. do what they did mm-hmm. and not be off maybe touring the world with Madonna it was like no wait we are deliberately staying here and facing this shit and mm-hmm. fighting it very much head on but even this you know lucy who sounds like one of the more kind of you know not one of the big famous members but Mm -hmm. has been really fighting the fight um and under this horrible conditioning um of house arrest you know has actually thought well i don't see what benefit it's doing anyone for me to stay here yeah because i'm literally under house arrest and i can't fucking say anything so it is going to be more important you know it's more important that i can go on and read about her story now that she's safe to talk about well, it. Well, that's it, yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what space that opens up for 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 new movements, perhaps yeah. build, uh, building on this. It's like the the importance of things change and people have to change with them, right? Yeah. And I, I don't. I think that um, there's a there's a kind of criticism that can be levelled at people about them turning their back on something or kind of not being as staunch because they change the way they approach it but when the fight changes you have to change your fight style also that again is making it personal when it's not like pussy riot is a movement and it's a it's culture it's art it's it's you can't begin to single folk out in their choices it just doesn't absolutely it doesn't make any sense really all of us are just a big lovely pile of contradictions aren't yeah. we and that's oh part God. of like the fabric they've of designed life. those fucking richard branson uniforms right. don't come for me doesn't mean I, that i'm wearing dot martins and i'm a vegan don't come yeah, for me exactly it's just the way that it goes and you can't which is cancel culture isn't it this thing about you set yeah. one foot wrong and that's the end of you and it's not and i think that that 40 or well, 51 seconds if they never did another thing in their lives they did they did that. something and we the world which changed actually, because of it cataclysmic shift that the world took as a result which I think is a real I think is a really positive thing when people feel like they're powerless and that the only way that things change is by kind of glacial bureaucratic you know process 
movement when actually like single acts single people uh, one afternoon like the beautiful um we're going to sit around yeah. the van deportation van yeah um these moments are incredibly important yeah and and people that don't decide i'm going to devote my life to the cause which i don't think they did those people in and Glasgow, i don't think you have to and i don't think you have to either um you make a decision you make tiny micro decisions don't you and then they feed into something bigger but it it's a really interesting little snapshot in time isn't it because things like this couldn't happen before or after you can say that about a lot of yeah. things you know um but that's that's any time you show up somewhere looking for connection mm-hmm. something real and tangible in a room with people mm-hmm. you are taking that moment into your hands and we forget how powerful we are reminds me of like you know during the resurgence of the blm protest in the summer me and Kaz went to a protest and it was when the movement that was people were getting weary mm-hmm. and to the point where you turn up to you know there'd be a call to show up somewhere and, and folk that were like meant to speak or meant to be visible hadn't turned up or like they were just, you know there's people dropping off at all ends of the spectrum because it was just really burning folk out and we turned up and it was like it, a couple of hours had passed and nothing was happening and the the people who'd called the march weren't there and it was kind of like what do we do and we just fucking started marching and, and, and me and Kaz have spoken about this since like that is probably one of the most powerful I've ever felt like mm. we, we stopped traffic we did everything because we were it was us running mm-hmm. it and it was smaller us as in everyone there it was the sum of and it was so much more powerful and visceral in terms of the the ground it covered and t- you know but then of course mass movements are, are brilliant as well and 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 to scale you know it's it's a different thing but Mm -hmm. not forgetting the power you have in that moment and you're not i've I've not devoted my everyday to changing the world you know yeah exactly Um, but it's those little moments isn't it that can shift things on slightly and in such varying degrees of scale it's not about that it's not about who's changed the world overnight who's the biggest and best it's it's like we just remember we need to remember our autonomy and potential as, as, as individuals and collectively then definitely and i think it is like i think it's i think when you decide to you know make any sort of when there's a conscious decision that you're going to be involved in an activist or you're going to organize or do something you're fighting a fight that's bigger than yourself and most often you're fighting a fight that you won't see the victory of yeah so um there's a lot of mental fortitude required in like understanding that process understanding like for example like when i um yeah when my father-in-law died and i had to just kind of step away from everything and i did i felt really guilty about stepping away from the kind of prisoner solidarity stuff and actually what i've realized kind of coming full circle is that very intense kind of work like that is best in short bursts and is really good for everyone to be in and then out and then in and then out so we don't just have these people that like very bright lights that just completely burn out you know um i do think that 10 years on it's a pretty shocking um indictment of the world that this is where we are now versus that was where we were then gotta say yeah i mean we touched on it earlier but the fact that one of the the huge things the west and was kind of hanging on to was this you know crackdown on the right to protest and free press and free speech and democracy look Mm, at the recent bills that have passed through our fucking parliament it is so scary and i know people in organizing and activism spaces right now that are really don't know what's going to happen to the kind of work that they're doing how that you know they could end friends of mine could be in prison next week for Mm -hmm. actions they're about to take you know it's like it's really fucking scary like all yeah everything is is under threat at the moment and all of our freedoms um and i just think it's yeah very very scary boris has just changed the ministerial code yeah so that you, you handy, don't get it? the sacking you, you can it's just good. apologize now when you make you, the rules you can shift you them, can change them so that you totally. don't break them i mean ideally you change the rules before you break them i would say if you're a smart person but anyway retrospectively changing them is fine Honestly, too it's fucked it, it's absolutely but fucked. again it's a perfect example of see when people are worn out and they're tired 
and it and it's one absurd farce after another. Yeah, you have a party while somebody's at the funeral of their mum and can't hug their sister. And that should be abhorrent and enough to take down a government, but it's not because we're all so tired and yeah. actually they, they can do what they like because What do you pick? Do you pick the, the, the multiple parties? Do you pick the exclusion of fucking trans rights in terms of the conversion yep. therapy ban? Do you pick the fact that energy bills, that people can't fucking feed themselves because they're, or they can't take baths anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, do you pick the fact that like, the chancellor has just been made the fucking Sunday Times rich list and is telling people that they just need to fucking work more. That's right. If they want to work more hours or get another living. job, get a like, better paid job. I mean, where do you even turn? Never mind the foreign policy. That's so right. Like, when you just normalise absolutely disgusting behaviour, you just got nowhere to turn. That's why we need to celebrate every fucking win. It's every why we need time to tell people in our lives that we love them, why we need to go out and dance and snog yep. and party and 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 wake up and watch the fucking sunrise and and just find the joy and stuff right? find the joy and stuff joy as the greatest means of resistance exactly it's okay to be angry as well i, I mean i just read this beautiful little lord lord short on like you like anger as a response to to racism and and, and whitewashed feminism and and Audre lord talks about anger so beautifully mm. so beautifully is a tool connected to the erotic and to the deepest sense of self and is an almost ancestral force mm-hmm. that can drive change and that and, and also an openness yeah. to hearing a diversity of perspectives. So anger is openness and yeah. forthrightness and, and it's just so beautiful and like you know, they there I already I'm like my blood pressure <laughs> I'm like, ah you know, just surround yourself with the right kind of things absolutely and we the, will persevere there was a a little kind of tangent from the pussy riot thing was that there was a, a resident um in russia brought a claim to court for for damages because she said that uh, pussy riot's music gave her migraines and <laughs> raised her blood pressure um and they said good mm, no um well take some deep breaths take some ibuprofen um but yeah it's that's hilarious yeah incredible um what tell me a good thing that is going to happen this week what are you going to do good thing that's going to happen this week well actually this evening i'm going to go and um be surrounded by a bunch of lovely homosexuals in stoke newington and sing some songs so lovely that's a gorgeous thing i also had the best vegan mac and cheese i've ever had did you um i can't remember where i bought it from i ordered it off delivery and it was so fucking good Uh, we had a truffle one and a garlic and mushroom one yeah and like i'm gonna find this place and i'm gonna shout it out yes on the on the grams yeah because it was so fucking good so fucking nice. good. So fucking good. So this week has actually been a, an incredible week in my it's book. It's off to an absolute smasher of a start. Smasher of a start. Yeah. Stuck um, Newington homosexuals and mac cheese. And vegan mac cheese. See you there. What about you? Gorgeous thing that's going to happen? Um, I'm going away. Well, it's actually my birthday next week. <gasps> it is. Well, I'm going to see Derek Jarman's house on Gorgeous. Wednesday. Yeah, and give it a little touch and say thank you, Derek German, for existing, Saint Saint Derek. Um, so I haven't had mac and cheese, but I feel like my week is is working that working is hard gorgeous. for. I'm gonna make some really good um, like Asian like lettuce wraps for dinner. Oh, I love a lettuce wrap situation. I'm getting into um. Pickling my own um, things, yes. loving a little bit of Obsessed homemade with a pickled pickling. Something, yeah, like pickled red onions I've been oh, doing. Absolute bangers. Kimchi, all yeah, the bits. Love it. Give me it, ferment it, and shove it in my mouth. That's <laughs> <laughs> the action you did there was extraordinary. It's uh, very camp. <laughs> it was like, it was like a back, a, a reverse limp wrist. It was, yeah. Into my mouth. It's like, <laughs> into the mouth. Well, also, this can was... we talk about your outfit? Oh, right, yeah. Kim um, is sporting. A gorgeous, like, all-in-one, like, Lee Bowery-esque, yes. like, jumpsuit cape, like squirrel. bat-wing situation. Yeah. But designed by a, the most brilliant, an angel sent from heaven to earth, Evan Bedell, who is a Canadian designer. And the, the, I, don't, I don't see the only thing to diminish, but the, the thing that you can buy from him are these flying squirrel Gorgeous. Suits. 
uh, he is I would say like over six foot six foot three or four big stocky lovely man he looks in- I've never seen anyone wear one and not look absolutely fabulous mm. and so the wheels on fire <laughs> Nice. I was like, whoa, where are you going? Oh, yeah. Um, it's like when I told the story. And, uh, oh, I've just remembered something else. Well, I was listening to a lovely podcast where Dawn French had been interviewed, and she was talking about when her and Jennifer Saunders would get together, they'd like hire out space so that they could write together, mm-hmm. um, and they'd booked in some time, and then um, Dawn French was hadn't really mentioned to anyone but was in the process of adopting a baby and got the call to say look like the we have a baby for you so she had to drop everything so Jennifer Saunders said well listen I'll just take the space and I'll just do some writing on my own Jennifer was one of the only people that I knew so Dawn French went to get her get her, get her baby um, and that was the week that Jennifer Saunders wrote Ab Fab Stop um, and so Dawn French said uh, yeah, obviously. I take full credit. Well, the kid yeah. takes full credit. <laughs> yeah, the, this the baby is the. So she said she sent flowers. At, like when it all when it came to fruition and it was amazing and everyone loved it. She sent her flowers saying congratulations, you cunt. Ah, amazing. That is delightful. We love, we love them all. Well done, everyone. We love them all. Um, your outfit's also great too. There's an Adam Ant element to it that I'm really Thank enjoying. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. This is, um, this shirt. It's by designer. They call it Chi 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 or something. They have stuff in. Oh fuck! Honestly, C H E S H E. Okay. Is like the brand, and they take the upcycle stuff. So they take like old shirts and and old like Adidas tops and stuff, and they they put buckles in them all. Yeah. Um. And well, these are like keychains, aren't they? Mm. Um. And yeah, I think I got this in Attica on Brit Lane, but they also have stuff in Brit Lane Vintage Market. Also, shouted to Frog You, who have been dressing me amazingly for gigs and stuff and I just picked up an outfit from them today for a wedding um, which was giving me big Adamant vibes maybe I'll post about that at some point as well Adamant um, meets cup of coffee <laughs> it's what made me that's what I thought about when I saw that outfit I'm here for it yeah absolutely so two brilliant things two, two brilliant things you know no um, yeah I'm so glad we're back oh me too let's do it again forever Forever and ever. Yeah. All right. See you Um, never. Bye. Forever. Bye. (laughs)